Rob, I am fresh back from WWDC, and I know the thing that people want to know about most is that I have a listener Debbie update. Oh, yeah. Go on. All right. So so people, longtime listeners, may know that my sister-in-law, Debbie, she listens to the show from time to time. I, I, so, and she lives out in the Bay Area, and I was at WWDC. So I, I got together with, with, um, with Debbie, and we, we caught up. And, and I understand she's behind on her episodes, so it may be a little bit before she gets caught up to this episode. Uh, you know, I, think, I think, Debbie, this is directly directed at you. Don't get behind again. This is important. This is an important show that's, that is the kind of entertainment that should be on your car stereo, no matter where you go, what kind of errands you have, or whomever else is in the car. You can just explain to them who we are and why it's important. Don't you think, Rob? I would say that. I'd also say she's picked an excellent time to be behind because <laughs> I've been ill, and then you've been busy, and yes. uh, it's our, been our, a few weeks. That's true. Our pace of show has definitely slowed down a little bit. Rob was not feeling too well right before WWDC. And he said, hey, why don't we do it the next week? I said, well, I'm going to be in California, and I'm going to be kind of crazy busy. So we didn't do it last week, and now we are back um, for a, a another Ruminate episode. So that's good. But yes, I was in... I was in San. Uh, I wasn't in San Jose. I was in uh, Mountain View myself and Cupertino, <laughs> which is where Apple is. I stayed in Mountain View, went to the event in Cupertino. I got together in Mountain View with listener Debbie to have a nice meal at a place called Stein's Beer Garden, which was which I highly recommend. I also liked Eureka, which is a chain burger place in the South Bay area. Another nice place to go get a nice pint of beer and a, and a burger. Um, but, but in terms of the actual WWDC itself, it was a lot of fun. I mean, it was a very scaled down version. It was, you know, in some respects, it's kind of weird. You go to over to Apple's campus and you sit outside and you watch the thing that everybody's watching at home on a giant screen. Um, you know, Tim Cook and Craig Federighi came out right before the stream started and said hello and welcome to WWDC. There were some developer meetups, including one that I went to. The day before the keynote, there were press events of different kinds that I went to. Um, we recorded a live episode of App Stories with some Apple Design Award winners, which was kind of cool because Apple had set up a podcast studio in their developer center. The developer center itself is really fantastic, a really nice place for Apple to kind of interface with groups and individual developers. And uh, the Apple Park, pretty nice place. Boy, I got to tell you, Rob, it's big. It feels like you're walking around the globe. There's like this slight curvature, and it's a little disorienting to be there at first because everything's glass and curved, and it's a little hard to tell where you're going. Uh, And we weren't inside so much, you know? (laughs) Yeah, it's definitely a sort of uh, spared no expense type type venue. Yeah, well, and the the Cafe Max, it's like Cafe Max is... the, the ceilings run kind of floor to ceiling of Apple Park. So very high ceilings and these giant massive glass doors that point to the outside of the ring and they have those open. And so the seating for watching the keynote extended from inside Cafe Max all the way out onto a grassy area to the stage. So it was like one continuous thing that was semi in and semi outdoor. And we were seated in the press very towards the back near the building, not in the building, but just outside the building. And when I first sat down, the sun was just beating on me. And I thought, oh, this is going to be bad. I'm going to be really hot, uncomfortable, sunburned. And fortunately, 
the massive building shaded me before too long, and it was actually quite comfortable. And the screen, despite the incredibly bright sunshine that day, was very easy to watch. So it was, it was very pleasant being outside doing that. Um, and then we went off to the Steve Jobs Theater, which is like a little hike on these paths up a hill, you know, away from, the, from Apple Park on the outer part of the ring. And they, the theater itself is underground, but the first floor... They had set up tables and you could try out the new MacBook Airs, which, you know, I mean, it's another lightweight, thin Apple laptop. It's, it's very nice and it's faster and it's designed differently and it's got MagSafe. But, you know, I don't know. It was I think what was kind of cool about that was just kind of seeing, at least for me, because it was the first time I ever done it, got a chance to say hello to Phil Schiller. And then Tim Cook came in and was mobbed like a rock star. And uh, Jaws was walking around, and you know MKBHD was there filming, and this is kind of a kind of a circus atmosphere, really, but but a neat a neat building. Yeah. So, do I need to uh, keep an eye out for you in the background of the uh, MKBHD video, I, or uh, if you've already I, checked it? <laughs> I, I haven't actually checked. I don't think so. I do. Th- I don't th- know if I. I'm sure I'm in somebody's video because that's one of the things that you know you always hear about people especially like press people in the hands-on area complaining about the youtubers i totally get it now because they come in with entourages where i'll be like the youtuber and there's probably four or five other people with giant cameras and they're trying to basically clear out the space of other people who are all also trying to check out these computers so they can get their you know five minutes or whatever filming it and that would be fine if there were one or two of them, but there's you know, there's a ton of them in there, so it is a little it is a little disruptive, especially when people are trying to film in that chaotic atmosphere. But I mean, I was only there. I like I walked up to it, I picked it up to get a sense for its weight, kind of looked at it on the side, took a picture, and walked away. I mean, it was fine. Um, I don't know if I'm going to buy one or not, Rob. Maybe I am. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, I mean. I- I would like one, you know, just because it, you know, it looks nice. But I mean, you are, you know, you're kind of right. It's like, okay, it's an, it's an iteration of the MacBook Air. It's, you know, slightly different design. It has colors, which I mean, thank God, just any colors, just yeah, <laughs> just put I, colors I think, in everything, please, Apple. Right. I think the, I mean, while I would have liked to have seen bright candy colored colors, like you know, orange and pink and bright blue and green and all that stuff, it, they're still pretty good colors. I like the midnight midnight one myself a lot. I think that that's a cool color. I do think it's a significant upgrade because not only is the M2 faster uh, on a single-threaded basis than the M1, and I guess multi-threaded basis than the M- the base M1, but it handles up to 24 gigs of unified memory, which is an increase of 8 gigs, and it has a bigger screen. It's 13.6 inches diagonally, Plus, it's a better screen too. So those are those are true quality of life things. Oh, and of course, MagSafe, which means if you're charging, you're not eating up one of your USB C ports. Which I think I definitely have felt the pain. I do have a MacBook, you know, an M1 MacBook Air, and I have felt the frustration of recording and not having enough ports. And having MagSafe would be a big addition to that. So I've also felt. I've run into the memory cap a couple of times, you know, now and then. So it is definitely, I think, would probably be a better fit for what I do. But it's, um, you know, it's it's an iterative release. It's not like a huge leap forward, I don't think. 
Yeah, definitely. I mean, it was a, a pretty packed keynote. Like there was a lot going on. Like I, I did. I saw it was. I, I dipped in and out because um, I was kind of watching it, but then we were. Um, I kind of think we had some friends around or we were babysitting. I can't really remember now, but I, I wasn't sort of paying full attention, and I thought I'd seen a lot of it, and then. You know, I check out articles afterwards. I see people chatting about it, and I'm like, oh, "Okay, I missed all of this." And I feel like <laughs> I didn't. I'd feel like I didn't miss a huge amount of the keynote, but like there was just so much packed in. They, um, they said uh, they spent a surprising amount of time on CarPlay, which where they fully admitted that what they were showing off wasn't going to be announced in cars until late 2023, which was odd to me. I think it was more of a sales job to car manufacturers than anything else because I really don't expect to see that crazy UI in anything for quite a while. No. I mean, I, I would I would bet money on we're either not going to see it on anything that sort of an average person would buy. Right. Um and in reality, you know, it's probably because didn't they do a Ferrari once that had like this iPad built into it or something? I'm sure that's the kind of thing we're going to see. Or they go, oh, we've partnered with Lamborghini and like this one car just runs yes. through CarPlay. And it's like, okay, that's great. But, you know, I don't have a spare three, four hundred thousand pound knocking about to, to buy one of these to try it out. Right. And I, yeah, I think that that's absolutely true. Because when CarPlay debuted, it very much was a luxury car type of feature and now it's trickled down to just about everything but beyond that i think it's one thing for car manufacturers to give up the info you know the infotainment screen in the car and a whole another one to give up the entire display whether it's your your gas gauge and your speedometer or you know the controls for your air conditioning or heating it's i i think it's i think those parts of the keynote were more aspirational than they are a reality. But uh, I guess we'll see. It's going to be at least 18 months before we know to what degree it was really vaporware. But there's a lot of neat stuff coming. I mean, I think the lock screen stuff on the iPhone is really nice. I'm running the beta on my phone, and it's I've already created a few of those and like them a lot, a lot of those lock screens, because you can put, you know, you can put different wallpapers. You can tie them to focus modes. You can add widgets, which are kind of monochrome versions of what you see on the watch you know, for weather and I don't know, other things. I've actually started to see my first my first developer betas with those already created because they're based on the same tech as watch, the watch complications. So I think a lot of third parties are going to adopt that. The, the stage manager thing on the iPad is really cool. And I'm reserving my judgment on the Mac because I have not installed Ventura yet. I've, I'm, you know, I got a lot going on right now and I'm, I'm going to get it installed soon, but I'm trying to decide what machine to sacrifice because it's always a hard. Last summer was easy because I had a loaner computer from Apple, but I don't have that mm-hmm. right now. So um, I, I got to figure out which machine is going to get sacrificed. Well, maybe if they're nice, they'll send you one of the MacBookers and you can stick it on that. <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. We never, you never know. I mean, that's not coming until next month, so it's possible that I might get get one of those, but we'll have to see. Um, they talked about gaming a lot in this keynote too. Oh. Don't. It's so embarrassing. I just, I see it and I'm like, Apple, stop it. You're embarrassing yourself. I know. Like, I, <laughs> I, I stuck my neck out a little bit and wrote about it on the site because I was thinking, you know, one of the things is, is I'm like firmly in the camp of Apple. This is cute, but you don't really know gaming. I'm firmly, firmly in that camp. On the other hand, from a technological standpoint, I think the pieces have never been there before like they are now. It, and by that I mean 
both the hardware itself, but also the fact that it's easier than ever to kind of target apps across platforms between the iPhone, iPad, and Mac, that even if the Mac is a relatively small segment of the market still, that developers, it may finally be worth it to game developers to um, to target the Mac because they can, without too much difficulty, bring along the iPhone, which has obviously got a lot more users. And so and that coupled with the fact that, for instance, they showed off Resident Evil the Vill- uh, Village, which just came out last November. That's probably, that's better than what they usually do with these game demos, which is like <laughs> usually a game that's like four or five years old, right? Yeah. And so it's not, it's not a very old game. Uh, they did show off No Man's Sky, which is obviously an older game, although it's constantly being updated. Um, I don't know. So I think there's potential there, but I still think like, I don't think, at least especially when you get to like the actual games themselves, I don't think anybody at Apple has really good taste in games. So that's why I don't think Apple Arcade has really taken off. So, yeah, I, I, don't I don't know. know. I don't know who they have there. Like, I don't, I don't, they have a I lot of people them. from the games industry. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what's going on. It, it never feels like, I mean, firstly, did it deserve all that? You know, even that sort of slot in WWDC, I'm not sure it needed to be there. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. If, if they want to get excited about gaming, then, then great. And as you say, if it does come to, these games are coming to like the iPhone and the iPad, that does make them way more accessible. Right. Um, but, you know, you say Mac gaming and, and you're sort of getting laughed out of the room at that point. I know, and that's a it's a big hurdle to get over. I, I do think that maybe this also ties in eventually to AR and some kind of headset because Metal th- Metal Three, I think, is part of that. And I do feel like if they're going to do AR, they've got to figure out some sort of game story there and have somebody who actually knows how to make those kind of games make them because they're not going to make. I don't think Apple's going to make those games. So I, I think that that's why gaming was is being pushed so hard, but. I guess it remains to be seen, but as, especially as these, especially if it's like the air, once the, you know, the air is pushing forward and getting more powerful all the time, it, you know, it, you have to kind of target to the lowest common denominator and that lowest common denominator is pretty fast now. So I, I don't know. I've got, I'm, I'm slightly optimistic and I'm keeping my eye on it because I always feel like it's really easy to kind of buy into the conventional wisdom on this kind of stuff. And a lot of times makes sense and it's right but every now and then you get surprised and there's a shift and something changes that allows something new. And I'm not sure if we're there yet, but I'm kind of keeping an eye out, an eye out for the signs. So we'll see. Yeah, definitely. Well, there's been a lot of game stuff. The there has been. Sort of two weeks. Um, the big one that caught my eye is the, the Last of Us Part 1 is now its name. Um, remastered remastered for ps5 because it's sort of like double remastered because it's already been remastered for the ps4 yes yes um, and, and now we're getting a ps5 call, call it reimagined because <laughs> they, they've completely redone the graphics right they've uh to, to modern standards they've still got all the same vo- all the voice acting is same is the same the game is the same but it is a huge leap forward from the ps3 uh art assets and still a pretty good uh, update from the PS4 remaster so that it, I guess it's of the standard of what came out with Last of Us Part 2. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they, they sort of, we haven't really seen any gameplay yet. We've only seen cutscenes. They've sort of hinted that the 
the gameplay has been improved. And I don't know if that means sort of bringing over um, the mechanics of like the guns and weapons and stuff from the second one. But that that would be my assumption. Is that, that was my sort of sense too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, which I'm hoping that's the case. I mean, I've I've played this game twice. Uh, I think both on PS4 actually. Um, I'm still buying it. I'm buying the PS5 version. I don't care. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm doing it anyway. You're gonna get the the steel book and all the whole nine yards. I think I saw. Oh. I saw that announced somewhere. I have some thoughts on that. Firstly, yeah. no, because it's US only. Is it really? Yeah, as far as I can tell, it's US only. The 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 one place in the UK that would have it. Um, because they get all the special editions, they don't have it for pre-order. So I think it's just US only, which is really annoying because I was ready to buy that. Yeah. Um, And and I wanted the reprints of the comics. Like, I do have the comic, Uh um, like the graphic novel, but I wanted those reprints that they'd done because those look really good. Um, But yeah, it appears to be US only and it's completely sold out. Wow. So uh, I I was not happy about that. (laughs) So I would have been ordering that, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Huh. Interesting. Well, yeah, it's I'm I'm going to be getting it cuz I've actually never played Last of Us. I've watched my kids play it, but I've never actually mm-hmm. played the game. I'm familiar with it though. <coughs> so, and so I'll 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 uh, pick it up and play it when it comes out. I'm looking forward to it. I'd like to play it in the highest fidel- fidelity that I can. Oh, yeah. I mean, you are in for a treat to to, to be able to play this PS5 version is the first version you play. I mean, you know, I remember playing the PS4 version and I was like, oh, this, this looks, you know, it looked good. It really did look good. Mm-hmm. Um, but to, to see it, what it looks like on the PS5, I mean, you, you, you really have picked the perfect time to, to play it. Yeah. 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 It'll be interesting. So I'm looking forward to that. I watched the summer game fest, I guess it was last Thursday, some interesting stuff there. Watched the Microsoft Bethesda thing over the weekend. And, Basically, they announced something like 30 games, and they're all coming to Game Pass, which is pretty cool. Uh, but the biggest the biggest announcements are going to be 2023 games, it looked like. Yeah, that's definitely what it looks like. Um, I don't. I feel like... I mean, we've allegedly got God of War coming this year already. Yeah, that's probably um, the biggest one. Yeah, which... I, I mean, they haven't confirmed a date yet, right? Is that? I don't think I don't, a firm date. I think it's just later this year type thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's. Um, I mean, we sort of said this before recording, but like there was a lot of stuff announced that I still I really haven't caught up on a lot of this. And you know, there's there's a, a video that Digital Foundry did on the Last of Us, which I still need to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, that you know, there's a whole lot of stuff going on right now. Yeah, there is. With E3 gone, uh, there's every you know company is kind of doing their own thing. There was a, Devol- a Devolver Digital stream there was something from capcom there was something from steam and those three i did not watch so i even though i watched two of the biggest things i feel like i'm still behind on figuring out exactly what's what's been announced so yeah it's it, it, it's absolutely a lot and summer game fest is going to be in person next year they kind of they kind of drove the nail into e3's coffin uh by you know they've basically been, been competing with e3 during the pandemic and now summer game fest is going to go online and in person next year and i think that it was you know summer game fest has been kind of uneven i think over the last few years but i thought this one was actually pretty good the way it was done yeah definitely i mean it's um it's, it's kind of interesting to sort of see e3 like disappear essentially um because as you say all of the big publishers the 
um, you know, the studios, the, the console makers, they all just go, oh, we can just kind of do our own thing. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they can do it on their own terms. They can, you know, Sony especially seem to just sort of time theirs completely out of sync with anybody else. They're just like, <laughs> yeah, we're doing one this week. And a bit like the way Apple do things, it's like, no, we're doing an event now and you will pay attention because this is when we're doing it. Right. Um, you know, they don't, you know, Apple doesn't wait until everybody else is doing a conference or an announcement. Like, they just do it when they want to do it. And it's like, yeah, this kind of works. Like, as you say, it, it's kind of hard to keep up with it all because you've got all these different publishers and game studios, like, all doing their own thing. But, um, you know, I mean, it's kind of fine. You don't need to see every single trailer for every game because, let's be honest, like, half of them aren't even going to come out. Right, right, right. And, and the thing is, I mean, you're. I think you're overall for most of them, except for the really biggest ones. You're better off just kind of following along in Polygon or something like that, and picking and choosing the trailers that you watch based on what what their articles say. That's that's kind of what I've been doing. Oh, that's absolutely. I do that pretty much every time because one of the problems is a lot of these sort of happen afternoon or evening, um, sort of your time, right, which. Right obviously pushes that late into the either into the evening or into the night for me um so i you know i'm not going to stay up till two three o'clock in the morning just to watch a stream so i generally just come to it in the morning as you say find the article that just links all the trailers Mm -hmm. um because it doesn't matter which one i watch i'm gonna end up watching some trailer for call of duty or fifa or you know it's just stuff i'm not interested in right whereas if i if i skip the streams i can just watch the three or four trailers that they usually is that i actually want to watch you know the one that is coming out soon is stray by annapurna from annapurna is publishing it and i i i got all the dates mixed up in my head i think it's an early earlier mid-july something like that that game looks pretty cool this is the the cat one, isn't it? It is, backpack. and it's still not super clear what the game's all about, other than it looks kind of like a stealth mode game where you're a cat investigating mm-hmm. something, you know, in a in a kind of a dystopian future world or something. But this is this like untitled cat game? Is that? <laughs> yeah, and it, I don't know. It looks kind of neat. I I think I'm going to wait to see what the reviews say, since so little about the actual gameplay has been written about. But it has. It looks like it has potential. Yeah, definitely. It's it's one I've been keeping an eye on. Like you say, we haven't really seen, you know, we get to see the cute cat running around with his little backpack, mm-hmm. jumping around, doing some stuff. But like you say, I haven't a clue what this game is about. Uh, so <laughs> yeah. it's definitely one of those ones that you need to grab a review. I mean, by all means, if you want to pre-order it, that's that's your prerogative. But I will be uh, I'll be waiting for a review, definitely. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah, it'll be. It's going to be an interesting year. I mean, I think my takeaway from a lot of this is. There are some neat indie games coming the rest of this year. A lot of the really big blockbuster titles are still going to be next year, not this year. But overall, I think there's going to be plenty of plenty of games to play. Yeah, definitely. It's um, certainly. I feel like the longer it goes on, the the less you know that you re- none of us are short on games to play. Um, you know, I could. They could probably stop making games now, and I'd still find stuff to play for the next ten years. Oh, me I too. <laughs> me too. I could just go back to the back catalog of, and I always, I kind of feel bad almost playing those games. Like I was playing the uh, Tomb Raider again, the definitive definitive edition one, and I was playing the, the original one, and it's I don't know. I just like that game a lot, so I went back to it. It's been like years since I played, so I'm not going to feel bad about it. I'm just going to play that game, kind of finish it, and then move on to something else. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, actually, maybe we can get the game industry to do that. Just take a year's break. Me and John can, we can both catch up. <laughs> catch up, yes. 
Yeah. We still wouldn't catch up, you know. No, we wouldn't. We'd find something else to do. Replay games from the 90s or something. Right, the backlog just keeps going back and further and further. Yep, yep, uh, definitely. Yeah. Cool, all right, well, we'll uh, we'll wrap it up for this week. Um, And we, I imagine there'll be some more things come out. Maybe you'll have, you'll have a Ventura Ventura? Is that how they're saying it? Yeah, I think, I think either uh, installed. way. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll get that installed pretty soon. Maybe the next couple of days, but uh, mm-hmm. but I, I'm very I, I'm more uh, cautious with macOS than I am with the with iOS or iPadOS. On the other hand, I do have if I put it on my Mac Studio, I've still got my M1 MacBook Air to fall back on if things don't work. The thing that really bugs me more than anything is that. Uh, none of the rogue amoeba apps work with Ventura, so I will at a minimum be swapping back and forth for recording, which is a little bit of a hassle i'd rather i 'd rather get on the new OS and unless it 's super buggy, just live in it a hundred percent every day and not have the friction of moving back and forth but I think there 's going to be at least no matter what there 's going to be a little bit of that anyway, so I might as well just bite the bullet and actually get on get on one of these. Yeah, definitely. As you say, Rogamoeba's not working, so that sort of cuts out uh, recording. Yeah, exactly. Um, but uh, yeah, no, that that should be fun. I'd be interested to uh, hear what you think once you've got it installed. All right, sounds good. I'll uh, talk to you in a couple of weeks, I guess. Yeah, speak to you soon.